To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just hate the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 18. Your Opinionated Benchwarmers, Carlos Ramon and your boy Rob. How y'all guys feeling tonight? Yeah, man, I'm excited too as well, man. It's the perfect time in sports. We got NFL, we got college football, we got NBA, so this is peak season for me right here. So as I usually say, bro, let's run it. Let's get into it. As a sports fan, we're in heaven, man. Yeah. We pretty much got a game on a sports event every day this week so far. So, you know, you had Monday Night Football, then you had the season opener last night. With the NBA, then you have a game tonight. You had a game tomorrow. Our Lakers yeah. make their premiere with LeBron. Then Thursday night, of course, you got your, your, NFL, your Thursday NFL, night football. football. So, I mean, I'm, I'm loving it right now. You got you to gotta say, this is the season that the, the ladies got to hate. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> they want that time, you know what I'm saying? But you got, like you said, you got sports every night. <laughs> Giving relationship advice on the pod. <laughs> we just took a whole new lane. And then I failed to mention this the Lotus Love Notes. <laughs> yeah, Lotus is Love. But anyway, yeah, that, that was good. Lotus is Love. Yeah, yeah. Lotus is Love Notes. But then I failed to mention it's the Major League Baseball playoffs too yeah. going on. So that's heating up. I really don't pay attention to baseball until, yeah. until this moment. You know, hockey that got started too. Yeah, right? hockey that got started. So, man, it's, it's everything great time. running, bro. It's everything a great time. Running. This is the moment where sports is just as good as it is bad during that dead moment. Yeah. Like, when there's nothing to This watch. is the reward for that period of time. Yeah. So, you know, let's get into the NFL a little bit. We've had, we've seen the first NFL team fall at the hands of the New England Patriots. Hell of a game. I enjoyed that game. Um, Tyreek Hill is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, to be that young, you know, in Foxborough and to come that close to to being the first rookie in a a decade to to beat the Patriots, it just points to, you know, how amazing the Chiefs are and, you know, I think that they are definitely for real to go on Foxborough and put on their performance, but Tyreek Hill, man. Yeah, he was it was pretty much like a video game, bro. Like it was ridiculous. He was just getting open at will. The the thing that was the the most intriguing thing to me about the game was just the way things got started, it looked like New England was gonna be dominant. That they were just gonna handle it, that you know, Patrick Mahomes looked like he was kinda struggling. He wasn't totally the same that we had seen early in the season, the first few games of the year. And then all of a sudden, things just start clicking for that Chiefs offense. And Tyreek Hill was getting open. You got uh, Kareem Hunt that was gashing the defense like he did even taking it back to the first week of last uh, NFL season when he had his coming out party against the Patriots. So um, it was definitely a great game to watch. Like that was the highlight pretty much of that of that day and that night, seeing that game come down to the final drive. So it was 
the Chiefs lost, but they definitely gave a heck of an effort, man. Kevin King, he said when he made that interception, he called game because he knew that as soon as they got there for that final drive, Aaron Rodgers was taking it down the field for them to score. And it was just so crazy that we had those back-to-back kind of epic games, epic moments. You look at Sunday night, I think it was tied 40-40 to for that final drive. Tom Brady takes them down the field, they get that field goal. You look at Monday night, I think at that time it was tied 30-30. to Then Aaron Rodgers leads them down. They win by three points. And so you see two of the best quarterbacks that we've ever seen in NFL history do kind of what we expected them to do. And like you said, both of y'all basically said, you can't leave time on the clock for those guys. You give them any type of time, come on, man. You know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's a couple quarterbacks in the league. It's like they, you know, when you think about Drew Brees, when you think about Aaron Rodgers, even Big Ben, you know, Tom Brady, yeah. like, if you leave 50 seconds, 40 to 50 seconds on that clock, there's always a chance. Right. Now, I saw one I saw one interesting note just, just before we go. I saw one interesting note about your boy, Drew Brees. They said that he actually has 24 more game-winning drives than Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. So that's crazy to think about. We think about it's an automatic win when Aaron Rodgers gets it down the stretch. But think about the fact that Drew Brees has 24 more of those than Aaron Rodgers. Just yeah. throwing it in there for y'all Drew Brees fans out there. I know y'all appreciate that little nugget. Yeah, I think Drew Brees, uh, I think he's, uh, Aaron Rodgers and, and Tom Brady has played in more meaningful games than, than Drew Brees and has enjoyed more success. So I think that's why 
that mark. But you know, if you're a Saints fan, you watch a, a lot of games. It's, you know, on Sunday afternoons when we playing an irrelevant game, and you know, you know, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or something like that, and and Drew leading us back in that fourth quarter. I mean, it's it's almost an everyday thing. Yeah. But you know, when you got Aaron Rodgers on TV, you know, prime time, prime time, you know, you know, at least four or five games a year, you know. I think the Saints, we only get like two prime time. You know, we get a Thursday night and a Sunday night. But, you know, you know, I think that's why, you know, when you're more privileged to seeing it in person, you know, it resonates with fans better. But, I, I you know, Aaron Rodgers proved to me, I think it was against the Bears. Yeah. That game back. against the yeah. Bears, that made me a believer. Week one, that made me a believer in how great Aaron Rodgers is. You know, just his throwing motion, his toughness, how he got injured and came back. You know, it's just man. He's a he's a bad man, just yeah. like Stephen A. says, man. He's a bad man. He so, definitely is, man. So I mean, it's interesting. We talked about Mount the Mount Rushmore quarterbacks, and then one of our Mount Rushmore quarterbacks had that type of game. So, so no more unbeatens in the league. Well, the only unbeaten <laughs> I know Carlos will be will be elated to understand and know that his favorite team, the Los Angeles Rams, are. The only undefeated team yet left. But I don't even care about that. I don't <laughs> care about that. I just want to know who's going to be the first team to knock the L.A. Rams off this week. This year or this week? Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to call it on this week. You trying to call it on this week. This year. <laughs> too much to add to that because that's really the game that I kind of had picked out too. Um, I think that the Rams schedule you are seeing over these next few weeks that is kind of going to get into kind of a critical point for them. It's going to kind of beef up. They got to see Aaron Rodgers soon. Um, The Saints are on the schedule and then a a couple of weeks after that then they have to see the Chiefs and so I think um, you know I have November 4th marked down as the time that they'll go down but Still, all in all, there's not any really knock on the Rams. I mean, they've been the most complete team in the NFL this season. Um, I know Los likes to hear me say that, um, but I'm just being honest right now. They've been the most complete team. But I do think that once they come to that dome on November 4th, I think that that's going to be the moment. That's going to be the time that they go down. And I think that's going to be one of the best games that we'll see in this NFL season. Wow, man. I'm... I'm really happy, proud of you guys. Got <laughs> music to my ears. It, I mean, it's nothing really for me to add on there. I mean, it's a rough environment coming to that dome. The noise is exemplified in that in that space. I don't think it speaks to the Rams' ability, but I do feel like it speaks to uh, the coming along of the Saints. And they've been coming along this season. Uh, they ripped off uh, five straight wins. So I mean, you know, when when you look at the Saints and, and how they're built. And you look at the Rams and how they are built, and you're looking at two high power offenses, some of the high, most high power offenses in the league. You're looking at a team that, you know, I think the Rams have a more superior defense than the Rams on paper, but I think as far as heart wise, I think the Saints' defense can, you know, they can get stops when they need to. Uh, that's just from me being able to watch every game. They get stops when they need to. 
And, you know, they'll give up a play here or there. Yeah. So, I mean, but when they're locked in and when they're focused, which I think they will become November 4th, I do feel like the Saints have a great chance of, of uh, giving the Rams their first loss. But I think that, you know, we probably will be looking at an NFC Championship preview, possibly, based on, you know, depending on the seeding of the playoffs. But, you know, like you guys say, I mean, it's going to be one of the, one of the best games we probably – a uh, see this year, but we've seen some pretty great ones right this year so far though. With yeah. the, with San Francisco and Green Bay and and, and uh, the, the the Chiefs and the and the Patriots. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Um, and so and that's why I feel like you know the Saints will win, but you know as you mentioned and I, what I was going to say was I think we're going to play the Saints twice this year. You know, and, I, and that's once throughout the year, and then again in the playoffs. So again, I wouldn't be so upset if we lose this game get a little bit more motivation when we do see the Saints in the playoffs. And that's who I think we are going to see. Because you got to think about it. You know, right now you got a Falcons team that's not the same Falcons team, you know, and that's who knocked off the Rams. The first round, they won't even probably won't make the playoffs this year. You know, hmm. their team is back wow. up with injuries, with Deion Jones, you know, and a couple of their key guys. And it's, it's, you can pass all over that team. So, um, so you know, the, the Falcons won't be in it this year. And so I think the Saints – you know, that division is theirs for the taking right now. And I think, you know, um, the Rams, I can see them being, you know, and the Eagles right now, you can see they kind of ran into their bumps in the road. You know, I think they still make the playoffs, of course. But I think, you know, they won't be as seated as high. So I think right now that game is going to come down to, uh, you know, who's going to get that first seed, you know, where we're going to play at. You know, and I think, you know, that game is going to be an important game. You know, who gets the first and second seed, you know, and later on see each other in the playoffs. Yeah, I completely agree with everything y'all saying. And I'm going to just call it right now, right? The Super Bowl champion is going to come out of that game. One of those two teams will win the Super Bowl this year. And that's what I'm saying. You know, I before the season started, I said the Saints. But whoever, to me, to me that, that game right there has the two best teams, in my opinion, in the league personally. And I feel that the Super Bowl champion will be one of those two teams. That's just what I think. I'm yeah. just throwing it out there. I like what you. I like your thoughts. I like your <laughs> thoughts on that. Yeah. So, who you think has been on a MVP caliber level so far in this league? I mean, I think you could look right back at those two teams that we we're talking about right now, and guys that come to mind. I'm not gonna take a whole list, but I mean, you look at a guy that and Ty Gurley that's been lighting up the league. Um, and this year you're talking about a guy that just came off of. Um, a performance where he was actually our fantasy performer of the week. Uh, rushed for over 200 yards, but he's once again looking like the best back in the NFL, complete back yeah. in that offense. Yeah. Um, and so you look at him, he's piling up the stats, piling up the numbers, piling up the touchdowns. Um, and so you're looking at a guy that between only, – the only issue with him is that you're looking at a situation where he may be sharing votes with a teammate – um, but I think his performances recently have maybe kind of pushed him a little bit ahead of his teammate. And when I speak of that, I'm talking about Jared Goff. So um, so I just throw that name out there, Ty Gurley, right now um, as an MVP front runner. I say Drew Brees. And the reason why I say that, you know, not, not only because I'm a homer, but, I mean, when you look at the season that he's put together this year, uh, he still has yet to throw an interception. And here we are. He's going into week seven. We're going into week seven this week. Of course, they had a bye, but I'm going to just say. It's <laughs> <laughs> so the seventh week of the season, and he hasn't thrown the interception. Um, he's thrown for 300 yards for three out of those six games. Uh, he's just been playing lights out. I mean, he's been doing what the Saints have needed him to do and what he has done, really. Uh, pretty much his whole career yeah. with, with the New Orleans Saints. But uh, he's been uh, complimented with Alvin Kamara. has been playing great. Michael Thomas has been pretty sure-handed this year. I, I, think, I, I think our defense has come a long, a long way since week one, but they're playing playing well. Sheldon Rankins is coming along great. Yeah. Uh, even Davenport, uh, our rookie, uh, our rookie uh, defensive lineman, is coming along Pretty well, and Cam Jordan is who he has been since he's been in New Orleans. But now he's finally getting recognition because he's on a on a good defense now. Uh, if Marshawn Lattimore can stay healthy and shake this little injury, 
You know, I think that, you know, I don't think – I think Drew Brees will continue to play on the level that he's been playing, but it's just going to really depend on the team around him and the players that I mentioned. And I think they'll go to war for Drew. So, if we keep playing well, I don't think – I don't see why Drew shouldn't be at the yeah. top of, 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 of the MVP conversation. I feel like you took that time to slide in a whole little Saints breakdown and report that. I was like, when are we going to come full circle and get back to Drew Brees? You were like, this play and that play. I'm like, dang, this is really a rundown of the whole Saints squad right now. Yeah, I, I feel that. I feel that. You, you got back to it. I was just waiting. feel that and um I can definitely see where you're coming from um with that point um a guy that I have right now that's to me kind of a sleeper that I think is going to come along and eventually could put himself in there y'all may shut me down on this but I think that the Vikings are turning it around and I think that later in the season Kirk Cousins can find himself in the MVP race I don't think that's crazy at all especially with Adam Thielen uh, he's been killing it like we predicted he would, me and you, Ramon. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stephon Diggs is playing well. Yeah. If Dallas could, he can get his backfield. Yeah. If that's the thing that they're really missing, if anything, right. is that running game from yeah. Dalvin Cook. And Dalvin Cook, it just seems like he really just can't stay healthy. Right. So, if, I mean, if, he, if they can get him back, you know, in that running game right. and support him, I think that'd be fine. And see, Cousins is going to put up big numbers just because they're passing it so often. And he's been an efficient guy. Um, it's a 4-1 to touchdown to interception ratio right now with 12 touchdowns to only three interceptions. You're looking at him being already over 1,900 yards. So I just think that he's a guy that is a sleeper that can enter the conversation and discussion. But I think guys that we've mentioned already are still in a tier of kind of their own. And then I think he can maybe later in the season into yeah. that discussion. Because the season's still young. Yeah. The season's still young. So, you know, those are those are some good things to listen to. So, I mean, to, to keep in consideration if you are keeping up with the NFL. So, when you're watching, make sure you keep an eye out for those names and how explosive there is. So, NBA. NBA started yeah. last night. Uh, were you guys impressed by any performances or is it too late? I mean, is it too late? <laughs> it's too late. Yeah. It's too late, bro. I mean, I think the obvious one to be impressed by is Jason Tatum. I mean, he's going to take my stuff, man. I should have just let out. Well, what you got to look at, bro? <laughs> Jason Tatum, you know, went to Duke, and you know I'm a big Duke fan. So, you know, been watching Jason Tatum since he was in high school, been seeing the type of game that he has. And honestly, like, I knew that it would translate to the NBA. I didn't know it would translate this quickly. Um, he looked last night like the best player on the floor uh, for a good portion of that game last Kyrie night. Kyrie was on the floor. Yeah. Embiid was on the floor. Now, Ben was great, too, as ben well. Ben was. But Ben, ben yeah. the thing about Ben is that I like Ben. You know, you can't really argue the numbers that he put up. He put out, up a triple-double close to it. Almost, yeah. And, but, and he does that every night. But, like, when you look at him, I look at the translation from this year and this year. And last year, and, and granted, it's one game. Yeah. But he still can't dribble with his right hand. Where was the shot? Did he shoot it? He still <laughs> wasn't aggressive shooting the ball. So I'm like, 
I mean, I think when you have this, the amount of success that he had, Ricky, yeah, he put up the numbers that he has, I don't think that you really have the will to, to get better. Or how could you be motivated to get better? But it don't seem like he has really taken another step from last year, you know, as far as, I, like, those things. Like I, I think the biggest thing, and it comes to, I guess, is almost taking it back to Jason Tatum, but seeing a quote after he worked out with Kobe, and Kobe asked him, how much do you love it? How much do you love the game, basically? And to me, if you got that true love for the game, and this is what your profession is, you want to be one of the all-time greats, you got to put in that work. So you got to find motivation. Those great players, I mean, you know, we kind of in that camp now, but LeBron finds motivation every offseason. I can't believe I'm saying know, that. It feels so weird. That. It feels so weird saying that. But it's true. It's he true. finds motivation every offseason. Kobe, when he was in the swing of things in the NBA, when Kobe was at his peak, was the best player in the game, he still was finding motivation every offseason, adding stuff to his game every offseason, making his post game better, making sure his footwork was always at top mm-hmm. form. And so, you know, you got to find those little weaknesses in your game and you got to improve upon those things. So we're going to see if Ben does yeah. it. It's just one game, like yeah. you said. I want to reserve my thoughts, I guess, on it for like, you know, Maybe give a, I need to see a ten game sample, but it just was kind of disappointing to me seeing that he's still he's still not able to dribble with his right hand when he go on the break. It's just his left hand all the way, and he still wasn't shooting the ball. It, it looked like the same being from last year. I'm just waiting on him to take that next step. Yeah, I mean, I think that what people are waiting on, they want to see Ben, you know, shoot some threes, you know, and I think it's that's gonna take time. You know what I'm saying? You just got a player that just. It's, you, you know, you can practice it all offseason. I've seen videos of him practicing his three all offseason and, you know, little videos and all that. But when you get started a game, it's like you you go back to what you know and what you're comfortable with, you know. And so, I mean, what he's doing right now is working for him, of course, right now. You know, he's putting up good numbers. But he can't really go into that elite category until he's able to expand his game from just – you know, um, a free throw down. You know, right now, he, yeah, he may shoot a little fadeaway small jumper or he may take it to the hoop. You know, that's the majority of his game, which makes it easier for players to kind of sit back on him. You know, and that's kind of like how LeBron was a little bit when he came into the league. You know, everybody was on him and his jumper. I think it is going to come over time, you know, and a lot of people as, you know, the, 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 you know, they get to bigger games in the playoffs and teams start to expose that, you know, that weakness, you know, and that and it's not going to be to that point where some team expose that weakness of his until he, you know, is going to motivate him that offseason to, okay, really start getting the game and shooting threes, you know, to expand this game. But um, speaking of players that kind of, you know, surprised me or whatever, I would say from last night to two games late, um, you know, surprised me not in a good way. Is uh, Markel Fultz, man. It's like that, that guy, yeah. man. It's like you know, you're the number one overall pick, you know, and not to mention you're the number one overall pick. Meaning these teams passed on Lonzo. This team passed on uh, Jason Tatum, who's tearing it up right now. Who led the you know that game and scoring last night, took the most shots and took over that game. So it's like you know. He's, right now, I feel like the Sixers are try, kind of forcing him into that starting lineup, you know, giving him a chance, but he's not doing much. He just looked at loss out there, you know. And I know he worked on his confidence in his shot, but he still didn't look like he meshed with those other two guys in Embiid and Simmons. Yeah, I, I agree. That was something I was going to actually um, even bring up, too, as well, is that, you know, of course, as we say, it's just one game. We got to give him more time. But like you said, you know, I wanted to see a little bit more of a breakout from Markel Fultz. I wanted to see him really show that he's worthy of being in that starting lineup. Um, And I'm trying to see, too, what Brett Brown is going to do because he started the game with Markel Fultz, you know, in the starting lineup. And in the second half, then J.J. Redick was in the lineup to start that half. So I'm trying to figure out exactly what he's going to do with that. Um, But, you know. Intriguing, intriguing first game. Um, intriguing way to start the the NBA season, and um, I'm just really excited to see to see it going. Um, saw a little trash talk going back and forth with Jason Tatum and Joel Embiid uh, last night. That's two guys that actually work with each other in the off season, so it's kind of fun to see them kind of get after each other and talk a little trash and all of that. Um, yeah. And to me, you saw, you know, you saw it just like we were talking earlier about what could be, 
you know, NFC championship matchup. You saw potentially what could be the Eastern Conference Finals um, last night in that game. And, and then later on, you got to see Golden State as well. So definitely an intriguing opening night. Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, just to, uh, I guess, piggyback off the faults, uh, I think he has been very, very disappointed for a number one pick. And when he was the number one pick, I was like, what? I was like, who is you know, who is this guy? Like, why is he number one, you know? But, you know. He was nice, though. He was nice in college. Yeah, he, he was. was. He, nice. was he was nice. But I, I still think Lonzo should have went. But I'm glad he didn't. Yeah. But, you know, I think Lonzo should have went. But, you know, I don't know. Only time will tell. I mean, I mean, we, we try to be patient with these players. But, I mean, if they keep, you know, consistently showing who they are, then we, at what point do you believe them? How, how much longer do you give Markel folks? I mean, it was only one game. Yeah, I still give him time, bro, because you got to look at, man, so many times, as we say a lot, that we're prisoner of the moment and we don't see, you know, how many years it took these guys to develop. You go back and look at Kawhi Leonard's stats when he first entered the league. You know, I know that he didn't enter the league, of course, as the number one pick, but I'm just saying, look at what he's turned into. You look at a Paul George and you look at his initial stats when he came into the league. And then you look at him now. And so a lot of times we want these guys to instantly come in and be game changers. And we expect every number one pick to have that ability. Uh, but he may not be a guy that is, you know, an instant changer like an Anthony Davis. Or obviously like the likes of LeBron and those type of guys. But it may be him, you know, take him a little bit of time. So I would say I would even give him going into next season to see if he finally takes another step or finally takes a leap. Um, he showed some bright spots in his rookie year after that whole debacle of him not even knowing how to even shoot anymore. He came back at the end of that year, threw up a triple-double. He's still the youngest player in, in NBA history to have a triple-double. Um, and so I think we need to give him a little bit more time, but it is somewhat alarming. when he was at his best honestly in college that's what turned him into the number one pick he had the ball in his hands he was able to create his own shot but also create for others at the same time and mm -hmm. so him I mean when he plays with Ben he's going to have to play off the ball I mean exactly. it's not like Ben's going to play off the ball yeah. so so you know it's ben one of those and boy yeah. the ball in his hands. yeah so you know like you said like y'all said man it's it's a kind of interesting fit kind of a weird fit and maybe, you know, as you were alluding to, Los, you know, maybe it's a situation you throw J.J. Reddick back into that starting lineup, and then when Markel Fultz comes off the bench, he can more so be himself um, and maybe get minutes that are not with necessarily Ben Simmons on the floor. Maybe they approach it kind of similar to, you know, the OKC trio when they were first coming up, and James Harden in his first few years was coming off the bench. You had Westbrook and Durant. They were your starters, and James Harden come in and gave good minutes off the bench. So maybe they approach yeah. it that way. No, excellent point. I think that that is his best role. Either he goes to another team where he can dominate the ball and make the plays, or you put him on that second team. You know, or coming off the bench like you mentioned, and you run, you kind of run that second team. You know, and you get some minutes. You know, where you're gonna dominate the ball, and I think that's something the head coaches has to figure out. Because right now in the starting lineup, he just he doesn't match with that team. And you saw it. It was clear. He was trying to – it's almost like he's trying to make – trying too hard to make plays. He's too talented. He just kind of needs to let the game come to him. You know what I'm saying? You're just too talented. He wants to make a play. He wants to fit in. He wants to be great. 
You know, I know he has that pressure on him of being the number one pick, but at the same time, you just can't force it. You know, these guys are too good in the NBA. So you can't just, you know, think you're going to take it to the hoop and take break guys down and get, you get a layup every time. It's just not going to work these days. So, I mean, I, I, I think he's a good player, and I think he will eventually find a role in the NBA. Will he be a great player? Will he ever be better than or better than Alonzo or Tatum? I don't know. I don't know. Right now, yeah. I would say no. Right. Now, I think one thing that we can't neglect and not speak on, the Celtics are for real. I mean, we already knew that, but mm-hmm. we just see that more and more. Their depth is crazy. Like, I was just seeing their bench come in and seeing Marcus Morris, I think, what he put up, like, 18 points or something, 16 or 18 points coming off the bench last night. You got Terry Rozier. You got uh, your boy Marcus Smart. You got Aaron Baines that was giving them good minutes last night. You know, so they are a squad that's going to be legit. You look at the way that pretty much they pulled away from the Sixers and Kyrie had a bad night. You know, Kyrie didn't shoot the ball well at all. So you look at the fact that Tatum is doing what he's doing. We know Kyrie is going to be better than that. Gordon Hayward's just getting back into the swing of things of playing. He's on a minutes restriction right now. You know, Jalen Brown, you know, looked good again last night. And so, you know, they... That's going to be a pretty scary team. Uh, true contender right there. And you, It's funny that you mentioned Gordon Hayward because I low-key was kind of disappointed in Gordon Hayward's return. And, you know, I know he's coming off injury. I know it takes time to get back into the swing of things. But I just look at his stature. It looks like he's lost a lot of weight. He doesn't look like the same Gordon Hayward that, you know, was prior to injury, which is understandable again, you know. But I think that his kind of, you know, his debut is kind of lukewarm to me. Yeah, I think like you said though, it's it's just gonna take time. It's gonna take, but kind of you know, it's concerning to me though. It's gonna take time, and the thing, the the one, the plus that he has is that he's in on a team that he can take his time. Mm -hmm. It's not a situation where he has to come back and he instantly got to be the guy. He knows that he got Kyrie to lean on, as we saw last night. Jason Tatum looks like he's ready to take that next step. Still got Al Horford. You still got that bench. Jalen Brown. Like, yeah, Jalen Brown. And so it's like you still got all those guys. So he really can afford to take his time to work his way back into it. You know, I even noticed last night in the, to start the second half to make sure he didn't go over his minutes restrictions, they actually started Aaron Baines instead of him in the second half. So, so I have a question for y'all. So, you know, we talk about the Boston Celtics, who I think, you know, we probably all kind of agree is probably going to be number one Oh, that's a good question. I mean, two. Jason I think, and, uh, Yeah, Harry. I think two. Wow, Jason. So, y'all think Al Horford going to make it? Uh, the East is kind of open. The East is kind of open. Well, you know Embiid is going to make it starting. Yeah. I, then you got, you know, your boy in, in Detroit. You talking about uh, Drummond. You but play. you got to realize they the way they have it is not that it's necessarily centers. They have front close. court. Yeah. They have front court and back court basically. So like he can make it in. I, okay, I can see it being three. It's gonna be two to three. Two. two. But Al, Al, the only reason he got in was because of of, of injury, didn't? He? Yeah, but then you got to look at the fact that. Now you lost at least LeBron being out on the East, and I can't. Yeah, that's you know, open the, up another spot. Yeah. What? I mean, what you think? You asked the question. What you what you think? Yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, when you look at it, even going a little further back, the Atlanta Hawks, the year that they were the number one seed in the East, mm -hmm. they actually had four guys that went to the All-Star game. So the more and more that you're saying it, I definitely, definitely think that it's going to be three, not the more and more that you're saying it. But one one thing I was thinking of, because you, you just kind of alluded to it, Lois, you talked about, we've been talking about how special Jalen Brown, is, I mean, Jason Tatum is. You mentioned Jalen Brown. I get into this discussion and kind of just debate pretty often as a Lakers fan of where Brandon Ingram falls in relation to those guys. So my just quick question right now, without our bias at all as Lakers fans, between Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Brandon Ingram, how do you rank those three guys? Jason Tatum, number one, Brandon Ingram, two. Jalen Brown, next. Who else you mean? Uh, no, that's the three. That's three? All right. So, I'll say this. The Lakers should have, and I think because we took Brandon Ingram the year before from Duke, the Lakers should have took Jason Tatum instead of Lonzo Ball with that pick. I know that's not a rank them the same as y'all. Jason Tatum is number one, then Brandon Ingram, then Jalen Brown. And like you said, man, that would have been that would have been a crazy pairing for years to come to see Brandon Ingram and Jason Tatum on the wings together. That would have been ridiculous. Like it's crazy to even think about, but I mean it is what it is. We we didn't take him. We missed out. I'm sure Kobe would have loved that we would have took him because Jason Tatum is right under his wing now. Um, it's pretty much his mentee at this point, but um, it is what it is. But I just wanted to ask that question because it was yeah, something that I kind of get into a little bit of debate with every now and then. And so I wanted to see what y'all think about it. I, I hope that we end up being wrong and Brandon Ingram end up, you know, yeah, me too. crushing it, you know, being better than Jason Tatum. Nothing more, I, more to see because I get tired of him seeing Celtics fans. Oh, Jason Tatum is better. You know, they're doing a little upgrade tweet. You know, I see that all the time. I mean, you know, I hope that Ingram crushes this, this, this year and end up in the All-Star game and end up st statistically better than Jason Tatum. So I hope that we all wrong. But right now, just looking at looking at Tatum, man, he looks for real, man. He got every – he has no weakness right now in this game. He can take it to the hoop. He can shoot the three. He can do the pull-up. You know, he got the Kobe fadeaway down now. It's like the dude ready, man. He ready. Yeah, it's crazy. So NBA awards. So I know it's too early to, to tell. Uh, we did the NBA too early awards last year during this time, uh, but now we had a pod, so we'll just do it now. So right, who are y'all? We followed up from last week. We kind of talked about like rookie of the year, yeah. all that kind of stuff, and so yeah. Yeah. So uh, MVP. So it league MVP. Who who who's y'all league MVP prediction? So, I'm going to sound like a homer with this, man, but LeBron gets his fifth yeah. MVP this year, man. I'm with you, man. I think LeBron <laughs> will get his MVP this year. He's able to take this team to new heights. I think that the, the, the reporters will be on his side, so I'm going yeah. to go LeBron. Now, this guy, not only two, this guy is not a sleeper, but can somewhat be viewed as a sleeper. Steph Curry is about to have another real special year this yeah, year, and it's going to be right there nice in the discussion. Just even watching him in preseason, I think that motivation, I know he don't speak about it, but not getting that finals MVP this last time around, yeah. I think that's starting to I kind of get to him. Right, and I think that that motivation is going to spring him really to to even new heights this year. I don't think we'll see it to the level that he was that 15, 16 year, which is one of the best seasons that we've ever seen. But I think he gonna be, he gonna put his name definitely in that discussion this year. Okay, 
right. So, defensive player of the year. Um, for me, I. Oh, you, you can go ahead, Los. You can go, Los. That's mine too. <laughs> yeah, for me, I'm gonna go back to an old name, somebody that's won it before, and I'm gonna go Draymond Green. And the reason that I'm gonna go that way is once again, Golden State has stacked the deck even more, so it's less for him to even think about offensively. His whole thing is gonna be commanding that defense this year. Um, he's going to have the weight of that on his shoulders, and I think he'll be able to devote basically all, if not 75% of his energy to that end. And so that's my guy for Defensive Player of the Year. I like Anthony Davis because I feel like he's, cause he could have got it. He made a strong case to get yeah. it for the past two seasons. Yeah. So I'm just thinking this year, you know, with Boogie leaving and him having to take a, a, a bigger defensive anchor role in that lane and protecting the plane, I think he can. He's been a great defender his whole career, since I've known him, since you know he since his Kentucky days. So yeah. I think this year he may, you know, he may be able to get it. You know, we watching the game now. He's playing pretty well defensively too. So I mean, it depends on how bad he wants to. That's his focus, and I think that stay the best wants in the league, the man. Yeah. Stay the best in the league. I think he's gonna yeah. bring it and try to prove to everybody that what he said is completely the truth. Yeah. So, uh, coach of the year. Who you got um, for coach of the year? My guy for this, um, actually, this guy just got an extension to his contract, actually, today. Um, I'm going to go with Mike Malone from Denver Nuggets. Your brother? Oh, chill out. <laughs> chill out. You try to slide it in there. But, but no, uh, I think that Denver is going to be a team that's going to um, – I think that they would have been in a discussion last year to be a top – you know, four or five seed had not uh, Millsap been hurt last year. So I think you're going to see a team that's going to be up there. They added your boy IT off the bench with the unit that they already have. And I so I think that they're going to uh, have a really good season. I think they'll be a top four seed in the West. I'm going to put that out there right now. And I think that from that, Mike Malone will get the recognition he deserves and he'll win Coach of the Year. Okay. Disappointed in both of y'all, bro. I'm disappointed that Luke couldn't get any type of love, bro. I don't think Luke. Luke <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, but I mean, I, that's automatic, though, because LeBron gonna take the yeah, team to new heights, you know? So, I mean, I think that if he did, if they do have a great season, get that, like, third seed in the league, third seed, that's saying a lot yeah, in the West, yeah. you know, but. About zero, it's gonna be all LeBron. Exactly. So I mean, we don't get me wrong. Luke has improved our record every time, every year we play, and you know that I give credit to Luke for that. You know, now we finally kind of got that big name, and then we're gonna prove again, maybe you know, and get to the playoffs. But again, you know, with the media and you know the guys, the people that vote on that, you know, they don't, they're not gonna give Luke the credit for that. It's not like you know, 
they don't think LeBron turned it around. So that's going to more so go towards LeBron and maybe his votes towards MVP. You know, I don't think they're going to give, they, you know, Luke just turned into this awesome coach. He well coached this team. You know, they may give LeBron James coach of the year. You know how they <laughs> go to. Right, right. Yeah, so I think that was the main awards. I think we went over rookie of the year. Yeah, we went over episode, rookie of the year. So. We went over MIP. Yeah, uh, so there's no need to be the dead horse. Dude. Yeah, but if you didn't hear those, make sure you go listen to the last yeah, episode. So you can catch up. Yeah, catch up, man. I'm going to have somebody to, to, to think about in the MIP. Um, and I know I said uh, Zach Levine, but I'm going to think so. But some a guy to keep an eye on. I kind of cheating a little bit because I peeked at the score here for New Orleans and in the Rockets game. But uh, on the former Lakers, Julius Randle, he <laughs> yeah. the the second leading scorer on that team, and right now he has 17 points at halftime of this game. You know, and he's always kind of been a dog. You know, where he, he a bully, and he's showing he made a three this game. He's showing that he's expanding his game. You know, and last year, you know, before he got with the Lakers. Nah, I like that. I, I do think that uh, that Randall is going to take another lead this year, and he'll be dependent upon to be, you know, between the second or third guy there. I mean, I think Drew is still going to kind of be that number two, but I think it'll depend night by night whether it's going to be Randall or going to be Drew. So I could definitely see that happening. But I mean, why you, you know, speaking of that game, um, what are y'all thinking about the Rockets this year? Like, what's Melo's impact going to be out there? Do you still see see them potentially having a number one record in the West? Like, what are your just general thoughts well, about watching it? them tonight so far? Don't <laughs> no, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be a good team. And I think any team with Chris Paul on it and they leading them into the playoffs, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be a good team. I think they'll mesh, but it's gonna take time. They're gonna have to be patient, and you know, I think they'll they'll be fine. I think I, I gotta first of all, I'm gonna take my hat out. statement that you made, bro, it really once again sunk in that Father Tom is undefeated, bro. Just yeah. notice that we said that James Ennis is starting over Melo. Yeah. James Ennis got the starting out over Melo, man. Father Tom is undefeated, bro. That just proves it once again. That's crazy to even think. It's been a long time coming for Melo. It seemed like Father Tom was expedited. With him. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so college football. We're approaching playoff season. Uh, the rankings are set. Uh, LSU just came off an of excellent win against the Georgia Bulldogs, knocked off that number two top team, finds themselves ranked number five under Notre Dame, under Alabama, under Ohio State. I tried to remember the thing. Clemson. Clemson. And under Clemson. So the rankings are cut, or the rankings are set. So. Who do you guys see seeing making their playoff surge? At the end of the day, when the playoffs are set, who do you feel as though will be in the playoffs, in the college football playoffs? I mean, just to kind of go with it right now, I honestly think that the, the top four that sit there right now uh, will be my best bet for the top four that's going to be there at the end of the season. Um, if you really look at it, the the – Outside of really Alabama, those other three teams, their strength of schedule is terrible, very weak. They don't really have really um, any more challenges. I think Ohio State may out of those have probably the toughest remaining schedule. But really, Notre Dame, all they see down the stretch is really, I think, USC. So um, outside of that, if they can get past that, I can't see anybody on their schedule that's really going to knock them off. Clemson, that ACC is, to me, kind of weak. So I don't really see anybody having a chance to knock them off. 
So I think you see Notre Dame getting in, Clemson getting in. Um, Ohio State could be interesting. You still got them, um, you know, having to get through the rest of the Big Ten and getting, of course, through the Big Ten championship game. And so you still have the teams like your Michigans and your Wisconsins and all of that um, that they still would have to see. But I still think that I can see them coming out of the Big Ten, so I would give them the spot. And, um, I mean, it pains me to say it, but until I see a little bit of downfall or a knock at all, you got to throw Alabama in there. I, I hate to say it because I really want to predict and say LSU is going to knock them off um, and LSU is going to grab a spot, but Alabama has been looking unreal. So that would be my top four at this point, and that would be who I would think is going to be in the playoffs. So looking at it right now, you know, you got Notre Dame, and you look at LSU right now. In my opinion, you know, and it's made, again, I don't care. It may sound like a homer pick. LSU should be the number four team ranked right now. And, and I say that because, you know, uh, LSU, the teams they knocked off to start the year, you know, the ranked teams they knocked off. Yeah. And you look down Notre Dame's schedule and the teams that they've played, you know, they're barely squeaking by teams, you know, teams that weren't ranked. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, they, they won their games and they're undefeated. But at some point, you know, these voters, these guys that look at it and make these decisions got to look at it and say, hey, how many legit ranked teams did this team beat? You know what I'm saying? And so they, and comparing to the schedule that LSU has faced this year to Notre Dame's schedule, it's, it's not even close right now. And so right now, unfortunately, you know, um, they're, they're, LSU is ranked behind Notre Dame. But I'm interested to see how they do. Let's say, you know, perfect scenario, you know, LSU knocks off um, – Alabama, you know what I'm saying? Do uh, LSU? Where, how would they? How would they rank that? Let's say everybody continues to win right now, win out until the Alabama LSU game right now, right? How would they? How would they rank that then? You know, do you knock Alabama all the way down and then slip LSU into that fourth seed? And then you know how? How? How do you rank that? You know, so I'm, I'm interested to see how they do that. But right now, I think Notre Dame's schedule has been weak, and I think. LSU needs to slip into that that fourth slide to the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Ramon on this one. I think the only way that LSU would be able to get into that top four is if they were to beat Bama uh, come November. November 3rd. November 3rd. And unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. You know, I'm proud of LSU alone, but I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. Tua's been too great, and I think that if Alabama has ever had any type of weakness – for the past uh, decade, you know, in the Nick Saban era, is quarterback position, and they finally have a quarterback that can make plays for that offense and can throw the ball, can make every throw, was athletic to run on his feet. So I mean, I don't see that happening. So I mean, I don't think I don't see this top four unless they just wet the bed. <laughs> one of those teams wet the bed on one of their teams, or they're upset. I do not feel like that top four is gonna be shaped up. Yeah, I, I like you said, I, I do feel that way. Now, one thing that I will say about Alabama, and, and trust me, I think they look great, look all-world, but they haven't played anybody yet. No, they haven't. So what I'm going to be interested to see, and it's to Los's point, about when that big matchup happens on November 3rd in Death Valley, when they have to come to Tiger Stadium, that's going to be a sellout that night, that's going to be that crazy crowd. I'm interested to see how that's going to match up. What I'm really, really interested to see is how their receivers match up with our DBs. Yeah. Because... Greedy Williams is... Yeah, so you're talking about... Yeah, Greedy Williams, Grant Delpit. Christian Fulton has been amazing, too. Mm -hmm. Like, Christian Fulton is getting slept on, but he's been ridiculous. And so interception right. against Georgia. And so you look at those guys over there at Alabama with Jerry Judy, and you look at Ruggs, and you look at the other one, and I'm forgetting his name right now, but they have been, like, ridiculous big play guys. And, and Tua, the, the one thing about Tua, if you open by an inch, he getting the ball to you, and it's going to be accurate. It's going to be on yeah. point. So I'm interested to see, though, what happens when he comes into that Death Valley yeah, environment? Experience that. Now. Yeah, I'm interested. And to see. LSU tends to play a little differently, but LSU has to be careful because this is a trap game for us. Yeah, Mississippi State is a trap, trap game, definitely, you know? and it's always a trap game for us. And you know, you know, you you look at it, you look at the schedule. 
They play Mississippi State. If they find themselves looking looking forward to their bye week and looking forward to Bama yeah. and skipping over Mississippi State, we could find ourselves in trouble. So yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, Saturday could be probably a better game than we expecting yeah. after coming. Then we're on that Georgia high. Yeah. So I, the one thing that I think that's going to still cause us to be focused is the fact that last year we got beat. I think it was like thirty-seven to seven. Yeah. So they they killed us last year. Yeah, and I think always yeah. come, come with it when they play. I this. think that's gonna be the one thing. I think it's. I just think like okay, say last year we had beaten them, and then like you said, we coming out that Georgia high. We see Bama ahead of us. We know the bye week coming. I think we could have fallen asleep, but I think just because we had that loss and that the way it was so embarrassing last year, I think you will see them um, ready and be up for this game. But like you said, it's going to be a good game. Mississippi State's defensive line is probably the best defensive line that we've seen so far this year. That's including Georgia. That's including Miami. That's including Auburn. That D-line is for real. Um, So it's going to be really interesting, and they're coming off a bye week, so they've had a lot of chance to prepare for it. So um, I'm definitely interested to see how that shakes out. But Los. I hope you end up being right. I yeah. hope what you said about I LSU agree. is I the agree. thing. As a proud alum, like we said, you know, I, I hope that uh, that what you said about LSU does come true, man. That's that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. So, I think we did it again, guys. We, we covered it all. So, so far, looking forward to the NBA season that's forthcoming. Looking forward to seeing how this uh, college playoff plays out. Uh, make sure that you subscribe and as I always say, subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter, O underscore Benchwarmers. And that's it. See you next time. Well, hear me next time. <laughs> <laughs> we out. All right, peace.